Sanctus Dominus Sacrilegius Seductus. I like to sometimes start my sleazy rants in front of Catholic churches and other places of worship, just because I'm a bit of a dick sometimes. Uh, no, no, this, actually this speech, this rant is not going to be so much about seduction, it's going to be about issues with my mother. Well, it's going to start there and then it's going to end with issues with your mother. Now, are you interested? Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. All right, so over Christmas, I was staying at my mother's house in Australia, and she gets up very early. I don't, as you all know. And I would, I would awaken each morning to the sound of my mother walking, clomping, clomping. And Liam's a great clomper. The clomp is someone who's just, you know, just move, like heaps of downward pressure on their step. And I'd awaken to the sound of my mother clomping around the house at this speed. There'd be a pause and then another clomp. And it just like triggered all of these childhood memories. As I remembered, as I was growing up, that was the sound that I woke to every day, which was back then when my mother was a single parent. She was working as a nurse. She was trying to keep two children surviving on a very, very low income. And she did a very good job of that. Well done, mum, thanks for that. Thanks for keeping us alive and getting us educated and allowing me to go to flute lessons so I could become a funky flute player. Funky flute, spirit of fucking jazz. So like at that time, it made sense. She, this was a woman who moved at an incredibly fast pace, was always stressed and anxious and was trying to pull off a very, very difficult task. But as I woke up uh, this, this recent, Christmas day it was actually, or the day before Christmas, and I heard her clomping around and it brought up those memories, I realized my mother is still moving at the insane, intense, insane, anxious pace as she was back when she was 30 something trying to keep us alive. She's retired. She owns her own house now. She, I'm kind of rich, so she's fine. Like she doesn't need to get up and run around to, to, to survive like she used to but she still does. <laughs> and so, you know, and as I came out, I'm like, mom, what is going, what are you doing? And, and really, what was she doing? She was like clomping around the house, doing one dish, because there was only one dish, because she just created one dish, and then clomping outside and then gardening a little bit, then clomping inside and then realizing that the cat might be a little bit hungry in about two hours, so she better go and think about that. Like she wasn't really particularly doing anything that needed her to zoom around the house. Now, what's the point of this? The point is to just have a think about your mother. What's, no, what is the point? The point is that I developed, as a, I guess as a result of, of her conditioning and, and other things in my life, I developed this habit. And uh, throughout my, my teenage years and going into my 20s, I was a highly strung person, very, very anxious and stressed out about getting shit done and achieving things and moving fast. Now, at the same time, I was a lazy teenager, so I was also like a bit of a stoner and I was also, you know, would sit on the couch and do fuck all. It's not that I was like an optimizer back in the 90s or in the, definitely not in the 80s. I was not optimizing anything in the 80s, but it wasn't that I was like optimizing. It was just more that I had this sense of anxiety and stress around needing to do things, that there were all these things that needed to be done and that you needed to move fast to do them. And... I'm sh pretty sure that I give, have given the impression to all of yous, all of yous, that's how Australians say y'alls, we say yous, I've given yous the impression that I'm a very relaxed, chilled out, slow moving and slow thinking presence and power of now absorbing entity. 
And that's, that's part of my thing, right? The people are like, oh, and people are constantly commenting, how do I, why is it, the, and how do you get so chill? How is it you're able to just be so relaxed in, in certain situations? Uh, and there's definitely truth to that. Like right now I'm standing in the middle of a public square with a light blaring in my face and there's lots of tourists standing around looking at me and going, there's a guy with a light in his face. And that doesn't bother me at all. Whereas for some people that would send them to therapy, having to have a camera and a light in their face in a public space as they walk along and speak about something about their personal relationship with their mother, that would send them insane. I'm fine with that. So uh, certainly I have developed over the years um, a capacity to sit within all sorts of types of pressure and to be able to deal with a whole lot of situations that a lot of people don't deal very well with, particularly public speaking. That's apparently something that people are more worried about than being brutally murdered. So I'm, I have, certainly have a capacity to, to deal with all sorts of pressures, particularly in seduction, public speaking, presenting myself, that maybe are underdeveloped in your life or in, in most people's lives. However, the idea that I'm a chilled dude, that I'm a dude, that I'm a relaxed kind of guy, just an easygoing guy, is completely wrong. I am not that. Uh, I, and I have met some people who really are that, you know, they just, they really just move at a slow pace. Augusto, for example, who works on my farm in Portugal, that guy's chill. He's been on that farm for 35 years, slowly getting stuff done well, but very slowly. Yeah, well, I'll be back to film more sleaze in front of you tomorrow, big church. I've, I've met people throughout my life who do have this inherent thing where they just kind of move slowly, where they are fairly present, where their body is in a state of relaxation in resting most of the time, but that is not me. It has never been me. And it still to this day is not me. This very day, I woke up and my alarm didn't go off because I, I turned off, just wait for the Catholics to think that's gonna stop me. It's just gonna make me pause for a second. Somewhere up there, there's a monk just like ringing furiously. I'm gonna stop that bastard. So now that the Catholics have stopped rudely interrupting me, back to what I was talking about, which was that Essentially, I am not a naturally relaxed person. However, I have become a specialist at learning to relax. So the title is, of this video is Train to Chill. Train to Chill. And that is something that I have done all my life. I have trained myself to chill since when I was about 18, when I discovered Buddhism and then discovered meditation. That was when I, I was at the height of being particularly unsatisfied, or very unhappy with myself. So when I was like 18, 19, I finished high school and I was very stressed out and very up in my head, constantly in a state of physical elevation and tension. And I really didn't like it. I didn't like myself. I didn't enjoy being in my own body. I didn't enjoy being in my own mind. And, and this led to some points to, to thoughts of suicide, to just get out of this unpleasant experience of being alive. So luckily I didn't kill myself. What I did do is I went in search of methods and answers. And this led me through to, to studies in Buddhism and later on martial arts and, and meditation systems, which I have then carried with me throughout my life. And the point that I want to make today is that there is a true art form to relaxing, to being chilled out. And there is a very big difference between collapsing or distracting yourself or laziness you know, just sloth and actual active relaxation. These are, these are two totally separate things and in some ways they're the antithesis of each other. They, they are, they're almost opposites. I don't want to say they are opposites because then someone will go, actually, technically the opposite of sloth is 
something. But anyway, this very day, I have gone through dozens of experiences of spikes in stress, this, these habit patterns that I've had where I have this, this tension rising in me and, and, and in a speedy way. Like when I walk down the street, I walk still at a very, very fast pace, but I have to check myself constantly, constantly. It's, it's something that I'm doing, yeah, literally dozens and dozens of times a day. What happens is I have this, I have this war almost inside my mind that goes between there's a whole bunch of things that I need to do, which is true. There's a big list of them and they're real. You know, there's a, there's a business that relies on them. There's, there's a whole dozen people whose livelihood relies on them. I've got a whole bunch of huge projects that I'm working on in my life. It's not like my mother who's retired, just rushing around trying to find something to stress out about. She finds the, the one dish, that's all she's got to really worry about. I do, I'm at the, I'm at the height of my career. Uh, I'm, I'm a fucking busy dude. So on, on, in one sense, there is a reality. As all of you guys out there, most of the guys that I'm talking to are young professionals. You're guys in your 20s, 30s and 40s who are at the peak of your activity and you do have shit to do. You have a mark to make, you have an empire to build, you have a business to, to create, you have a fucking university degree to finish. Uh, you know, you have women to meet and, and ways of personal development to unlock and understand. There is a lot of things to do, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying you should just like do nothing. Right? That, that, that would be bad advice. I'm not saying just unplug from the matrix, man, and just like, don't be so concerned about consumerism and like achieving things, man. Uh, I mean, or maybe there is an element to that. Like if, if that's all you give a shit about, if you only care about achieving things and only care about status and, and acquiring money and external markers of success, then yeah, that don't do that so much because that will not fulfill you. However, there is this kind of dichotomy when you're a person who wants to be a spiritual, spiritually evolving person. And what I mean by that, if we take out any religious aspects or any uh, sectarianism, you want to be someone who is in touch with yourself at multiple levels, right? To know yourself at, at deeper levels, not just in this front of your brain thinking part, not only in the external manifestations of your achievements, which is where most of society places almost all value of you as a man. It's like, okay, you are valuable as a man if you have achieved, if you have procreated, uh, if you have earned certain levels of status and wealth and everything else, just fucking hold it together and don't become a psycho and don't go into a post office and shoot people and just look like you're okay. And that's all people give a shit about. Now, I am always talking about giving permission to men to have many other layers of experience, to, to be an emotional being, to be a spiritually feeling being, to be a, a sens sensual and sensory operating human being who gets to experience life on all sorts of levels. That's vitally important. And so there is, this, there is this, in my life, and I think for you guys probably as well, this kind of seesaw action where on one hand, you wanna go out and you wanna get shit done, which by its nature projects into the future, right? If I have a task on my list and I'm a listaholic, that is not a thing about presence in the now. It's a thing that in the future I need to achieve and I need to start taking steps now to get there. So by its nature, it tends to pull me out of the present. Right? Because there's like, okay, I've got to write that piece of email copy. I need to film this video out in the cold. I need to, you know, whatever. I need to pay this person. I need to do this stuff. Well, it's not happening now. It needs to happen in the future. Now my mind's projecting in the future, which is not ideal if I want to be present, right? Because on the, on the flip side of that, the other side of that, I have my desire to be experiencing and milking the juice of life as it is unfolding in this present moment. Moment by moment is where life is actually happening. And the great tragedy of human existence, one of them, is that large portions of people's lives are not lived. 
or they're being lived, but the person was not there. The person was thinking about something in the past or the future, worrying about something often that is never actually going to happen, which is a complete fucking waste, or fantasizing about things that won't happen or that might happen. All of the things that we're doing that are not actually being here right now, feeling my feet on the ground, feeling the cold and my schnoz, observing the light, you know, being immersed in this, in this present moment. And that's something that I have focused a lot on in my life. And that was the thing that saved me, essentially back when I was an angst-ridden, suicidal teenager. The thing that saved me was learning these skills to become more present time focused. So, and this is a question I get asked in various forms by guys a lot. Like, how do I be a man of the world who is trying to build and create? And, by, and, and there, are some, there are elements there of being egotistical, right? Because if I want to create a business empire or I want to get muscles or I want to, uh, you know, get some cool clothes, there is egotistical aspects to that, right? Because otherwise, if I really didn't give a shit, uh, what anyone thought of me and I, and I had nothing to prove and I had, you know, s no status ladder to climb, then I would just find some place where I was content and I would just stay there. And plenty of people do that, but the guys that come to me are not like that. You guys, if you're watching this, even if you haven't really taken action yet, you want to. And there is a big, I mean, just sitting there and wanting to is not enough, right? You're going to have to get up off your fucking chair, get up off your whatever it is that you happen to be slouching on right now, lift your neck up from this angle and go out there and actually do something because absorbing information is not enough, right? However, uh, that and the extensions of that is definitely a good start. So there is this dichotomy where on one hand, you want to achieve things, you have stuff to do. You're a man of the ages who is attempting to become an excellent version of yourself. This is going to require you on some levels to have small, egotistical motivations as well as larger ones with, that are more ethical or more humanist uh, in terms of wanting to be able to provide value to people or to become a great king so you can look after people, uh, you know, to be able to spread love and joy, to make yourself as good as you can be so that being around you is a, an amazing experience for people. There are plenty of positive uh, motivations for going out there and achieving things in a worldly sense. You need to be aware of those and, and as a man you'll go through an oscillation where sometimes you're doing things for small-minded, selfish reasons and then if you can pull yourself out of that and redirect that into doing them for productive and positive you know, effects on the world, then that's going to be much better for you and better for people around you. However, that's, that's an that's a undulating journey you take as you grow. But at the same time, it's really, really vital that you learn skills to be able to chill. Right? And that doesn't mean sloth, which I'll cover in a moment. It means precision tools for understanding the processes that your mind goes through to run off into directions of stress or anxiety or overachieving or workaholism or you know, getting tunnel vision and only being able to see one aspect of, of life as being important. For example, only focusing in on money, uh, which I see with you know, some clients, they come to me and they're very successful, but only in a very narrow band of life. And I've had, I remember talking to one guy recently who's running a very successful business. And he said to me, look, I've done the numbers. If I do anything else other than this, it's costing me money. I'd say he was like, he knew that if he put all of his time and focus into this business, which was working very well, he would be able to make X amount of money per quarter. And every hour that he pulled out of that and put into something else meant that he would lose a certain number of, of dollars. And my, my, you know, my thoughts on that were, well, you're rich and you're going to get richer for sure. Like you've done the numbers. I see them. They're good numbers. And your thinking is that any hour not spent 
you know, that's not a sleeping or eating hour, any, any productive hour that's not spent in the business or on the business is going to be a waste of time because nothing can deliver the return on investment like working this business. And I said, well, the problem here is that you, you only perceive one level of value, which is financial return and success, right? You are neglecting your body. You are neglecting your emotional states. You are neglecting learning about intimacy and women. You are neglecting the chance to use your youth to develop an art form, to uh, absorb lots of information while you're young and supple. Right? And so we had long discussions and we worked out that it was actually worth taking a couple of hours out you know, of an evening to spend on something other than making more money. Anyway, what I do is I go throughout a day where I achieve a lot of things and I, and I attempt to achieve a lot of things or I work towards a lot of things. And then I have a whole bunch of processes that are happening often within the same 10 minute block mentally that draw me back to the present moment, right? Because for me, I know that it's vitally important for me to relax because I have this tendency to wire up and start clomping around like my mother. It's not so much the physical pace that matters. I can, I can move fast and be relaxed actually. It's that though that tends to lock in with a mental state that starts racing, right? So I get it, today I got up late, my alarm didn't go off because I tried to turn my phone off because my health coach told me you shouldn't have phones near bed because they zap you with rays. And I thought, well, doesn't the phone just turn itself up on again? Apple, don't they just turn on and play the alarm? Well, it didn't, or if it did, I slept through it. Anyway, I woke up late and I was like, oh fuck, I'm, I'm two hours behind where I wanted to be. And so I like, I rush into the shower and I'm like washing my hair fast, right? Like, I, like I got to save an extra 20 seconds by like scrubbing this hair fast and I'm thinking fast. I'm like, all right, we've got to catch up. There's a whole bunch of, what was the thing? I've got to, got to go out, I've got to meet my lawyer and we've got to do this and we're going to go and film this thing. And this is, this is my natural tendency, I, I guess, taught to me through childhood or my early experiences. That's the way I naturally tend to move. Some people might, maybe they just get up and like, whoa, missed two hours, cool. Just gonna take an extra slow shower just to like really chill. Maybe there are other people like that. That's not me. But whilst I was in that shower for that five minute block, I went through that and then I noticed that because I use precision awareness, because I have studied meditation techniques for many, many years, I have these, you know, kind of release valves internally where I notice, because I'm, I'm aware of, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and then, and then I take an objective step back and go, you're thinking really fast and you're washing that hair comedically fast. Like if somebody was watching right now, you'd be like, I've got to do it fast because I'm going to save 10 seconds. Like, okay, dude, yeah, doing a power hair wash over there. Nice one, saving plenty of time there, dude, with the uh, fast hair washing. So I was doing comedy fast hair washing. Uh, and then I checked myself and I'm like, that's not helpful, right? That is actually wiring stress, burning a lot more calories and energy than I need, which as I'm getting older, I'm noticing that. As I burn fast throughout a day, if I get into a stressed state, you know, by lunchtime, I need a little snooze. I need a little nap uh, because I've just burnt too much energy from thinking too fast and moving too fast. As opposed to moving swiftly, like I can do swift Kung Fu movements uh, and that's not gonna burn energy the way of me like stressfully, like holding tension and clomping around and thinking too much and like erratically moving and knocking things over. Right? There's, a, there's a different type of burn rate there. So in that, in, in that five minute block in the shower, I went from erratic stressed energy to becoming aware of it using precision awareness meditation to then instituting a technique to resolve that. So what that meant in that time was simply standing still, standing, standing up straight. And because I had erratic energy and I felt like I wanted to move, I lifted my hands up and I jumped up and down 60 times 
doing my jumping jacks, which my health coach has told me is good for starting the lymph, lymph system. And jumping is good, because jumping is cool. Everyone used to jump before we became stiff and British. People used to dance around campfires and run over things and leap. Jumping is good for humans. So I just did 60 jumps because I had this erratic energy and I wanted to use it effectively. And at the same time, I let my body loose and I felt my body. And then I stopped in the shower and then I slowed down and I went like club Tropicana speed, washing my hair. And I deliberately made myself go slower than I wanted to, felt the tension as it like, like jarred against me. And then I just melted into it. And then I did a gentle stretch just because I still wanted to move. I still had this energy moving. I didn't feel like standing there and meditating. So then I just slowly stretched in the shower for a few minutes and chilled the fuck out. So then when I came out of the shower, you know, if someone saw me walk out then, I would have looked pretty damn cool as far as I'm concerned. And this has happened throughout this day and almost every single fucking day of my life. That there is this, this oscillation between the, the impulse and this to, to create stress and the fact that I have studied my internal stress and have learnt tools to resolve it. Many people have not. Probably a lot of you guys out there have not. You either know how to turn off completely, which we'll talk about in a second, or you're in a low level or high level state of stress all the fucking time. So many students come to me and, the, and they, they walk like this. And I go and I go, I put my hand on the shoulder and go like, and they go, huh? And then I leave them and then a minute later they're up again. So many, so many guys I work with have chronic physical stress where they're holding all of this extra tension and muscular contraction in their body that is completely unnecessary. And, and in bad cases, it means that guys walk around like this, you know, like these kind of strange Robocop versions of, of men. And it doesn't look very sexy and people can tell when they look at you and when they speak to you that you are in chronic stress. And the reality is people feel stressed when they're around stressed people. This is one of the, one of the reasons why I got, uh, got good with women or how I got good with women was by learning to be physically, physically relaxed in my physical form and then when I'm around somebody, I can feel when that, their tension raising and, by the, and I counteract that often by relaxing myself more. And then this tends to lead somebody else into the same relaxed state. Women want to be around a guy that they, there, there is levels of tension as we know, you know from the five principles that uh, pressure and release, that creating of tension can be a really powerful thing, but there's a quality to that tension. Sexual tension is this uncertainty building it's something that, it's an anticipation of the unknown in a really sexy way, right? So that's a good thing. That's a tension that holds people's attention or draws somebody towards you. Back to positive and negative tension. So positive tension is this draw, this tractor beam, whereas most of the time, what I'm talking about here is negative tension. This is where someone feels uncomfortable and awkward in their own skin, and, and that doesn't create sexual tension. That creates awkwardness. Right, so somebody, and the girl sees when she's with that guy, oh, okay, this guy is not comfortable in this situation, so how can I be? All right, we're gonna just get a little scoot across. She can't be comfortable with you if you are uncomfortable. And as a result, she wants to get away from that situation. All right, so that, that's often why the initial approach, you go up and you speak to the girl and you're, you're feeling awkward and she feels your awkwardness and she's like, oh, I don't wanna deal with this. Even if he was to be the man of my dreams, I'm not gonna deal with it right now, so I'm just gonna fuck off and go, oh, sorry, I got a boyfriend. So this is, you know, this is vitally important from a seduction perspective. If you want to be good with girls, you can't just fake being chilled. Well, you can actually, if you're really good at it. Yeah. And that's something I used to practice as well. When I was a musician, I would hang out in live band situations out in the music scene. And there was a lot of people who had learned how to act cool. Right? And what does it mean to be cool? I think really real cool is when someone is at ease with themselves. 
right? And you see this with people who are very naturalistic in, in what they're doing. And I, I, like, I really like looking at old photos of, of tribes when anthropologists just find them. One thing that I really like about them is because they, they they're not self-conscious looking at the camera because they don't really know what a camera is. And, they, and they're not used to being under the gaze of all alternate uh, judgment eyes, right? So if you live in a tribal culture, you only have the tribe around you. They judge you based on what it means to be in that tribe. And if you fit within that, you exist there, you're part of the, part of the crew, you feel cool about yourself. You're not trying, you don't have to necessarily prove yourself in massive dominance hierarchies. I know they, the dominance hierarchies exist, but there is a naturalistic sense of like, I'm at ease with myself being this thing. One of the symptoms of postmodern world is, on one hand, it's awesome. You get to choose exactly what tribe you live within, or you can make your own, or you can blend them. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't fit exactly within. I'm not an, a typical Australian male anymore. What am I? I'm some expatriate Euro-Australian, you know, hipster mixed with CEO, mixed with hippie mix. And that's awesome. I got to mash up who I am and feel cool, feel okay about that. But so that the good thing about this is that we get to choose the elements of our of what father figures we take or what cultural elements we take or what belief systems we take on it means we, there is infinite potential on in what you can be re, to redefine yourself as a man and on on the negative side of that is that there is a often crisis of identity for all human beings if they're not clearly within one in-group but particularly i think for young men trying to figure out who the fuck they are where do they fit in and how do they make that work right so if you have to re, reinvent uh, what it means to be a man in this postmodern world, each man has to do that themselves. Well, how do you do one that feels good for you and also works in the sense that, it, you know, you can interface with the rest of the world, you can succeed, you can have people accept you, you can uh, have influence and you can have females wanting to fuck you. It's an important question, one that needs to be looked into deeply. You can't just rely on like getting to some state, some position in your life where you just feel cool all the time where well, you're not just affecting it by putting on the sunglasses and wearing the right thing and standing in the right pose. As I was saying before, I, I, I used to work and live in, hang out in situations where people did a lot of that, right? So cool band guys, uh, you could see, if you, if you had a keen eye for it, uh, it might fool some of the young girls that walked in, but for the keen eye, you could see the tension underlying the cool, right? So the guy who's like putting on the sunglasses, wearing the hair in such, a, such and such a way and has the right band t-shirts and, and stands by the bar and like, you know, looks like he doesn't give a shit and like he, he kind of wishes he wasn't here, but he may uh, kind of have to be here for the fans or whatever, affected attitude. And this might work if you, if you, if you held the mask uh, strongly enough, if you had exactly the right costume, if you had a bunch of other guys and girls around you who were also doing that in such a way that you looked like a crew of people who were like, yeah, I'm true. Yeah, we're pretty cool. We don't really give it so much of a shit, but just happen to wake up and just drop on, drop some clothes on. They just happen to be these perfectly matched, uh, slightly ironic hipster meets, you know, rockabilly outfit. Just happened to, well, did I even mean to do this? Pfft, nah, just like woke up that way. Underlying that was a stress and a tension of everyone in that room thinking, am I cool? Did I, did I give it away? Do I, do I look like I don't care? Do I look like I'm kind of like sexy? Did I laugh just, just so? Did I nod my head? in a way that other, other people around me think is cool and attractive. It's really stressful to actually, actually to be cool, to be properly cool, you know, to do textbook cool is, is a very stressful activity because it's reliant on you wearing and, and being and operating in a way that is defined externally as oh, that is the person that is at ease in, and masterful in this environment, in this space and time in history. That's too stressful for me.
I just I just try to dress pretty well, and then I just and then I just go about my life these days, and and it's much much more relaxing. So there's there's that one aspect of it of like faking it till you make it, but you don't ever make it when you when you operate from that position. You just fake it forever. Maybe you'll get really good at faking it, but there's always cracks, and it's stressful. Who wants to have to pretend to be at ease when you could just learn to be at ease? Now I want to cover the other the other option, which a lot of people use as their release valve which is essentially sloth, laziness, collapsing and distraction. We all do this. Every time pretty much you, I mean these machines in our pockets are ultimate machines for this. The, the primary purpose use that you use it for most likely is for distracting yourself from tensions or from boredom or from like things you should be doing which are a bit difficult, right? And they're designed that way. They're designed in the same way that a um, Casino is designed to just keep your attention with, with bright lights and pings and, and uh, you know, little in, uh, dopamine hits as you get little micro rewards for doing nothing really except pressing buttons or swiping things. So they're designed to fuck you up in that way and they're doing a, a fantastic job of it. And who knows where that's going to lead us in a 20 or 30 years of people just looking at their screens for five, six, seven, eight hours a day. I think we're going to be fucked. So keep it down to a couple hours a day you're probably going to be doing better than most people. But this is, what, we, what do humans do when they're under pressure? You know, and, and, and we can't resolve all of the pressure in our life in a single day, right? We can't, we can't finish everything. We can't achieve all the goals. We can't tick everything off the list. And I have lists with 30 tasks on them every day. And I get through, I don't know, five, six, 10 of them maybe. Some days less, some days more. But it's like at the end of the day, there's always a list of things that are undone. And this is, a, this is a tension for humans because we, we like to resolve things and we want to have things in neat little boxes and to be able to be, reach ends of stories and sit down and just things to be just so, but it never really is. So how do we deal with that? We have all these other release valves where we distract, where we collapse, where we numb, right? And so how do we do that? By drinking, by taking drugs, by watching TV, by jerking off, by, uh, you know, just inane chatter with friends, by over snacking and overeating, by sleeping when we don't need to sleep. All of these various ways that we just take our mind out of the intensity of being alive and being needing to do things and having the, this uh, extreme rawness of like, whoa, I'm a physical, organic, delicate thing alive that needs to get through its entire life and needs to procreate and needs to do all this shit. And it's stressful and it's hard and there's not really a roadmap exactly that leads me there and I have to make it up every day as I go along. And right now I'm feeling cold and hungry and scared and alone and I haven't been late in a while, and, I'm not, and I'm, I have issues, so many issues from my past to do with my parents, my ex-lover, all this stuff, all of it piling in on us all the time. So how do we fucking deal with it? You have a drink, eat a hamburger, you pass out, and you watch some Seinfeld, right? So I would not define this as relaxation or, or active relaxation. There is, let's, let's just call it distraction. And there is absolutely a need for this. Yeah, at some point in this day, I will do that. Right, I haven't done it so far this day. I've been moving at pace once I got up. I've been doing stuff, achieving things, and then bringing myself back to present moment. And at some point today, I'm going to sit down and probably watch half or maybe a whole episode of Vikings. I'm just going to, and I might even like eat a bit of a cake or something. Yeah, I'm just going to sit there and eat cake in my underwear, jerking off, watching Vikings kill each other, injecting heroin, you know, with a butt plug up my ass. <laughs> I'm not going to do all of those things. You, you get to guess which of those things I'm going to do tonight. And then you have to think about them. So choose carefully. So 
this, this, there's, it's not, there's nothing inherently wrong with this. Like, I think it's unrealistic to think that you will be this optimized machine that does not ever collapse, that does not ever let itself get distracted. And I used to beat myself up a lot about this because I went from angst-ridden teen to becoming a really, really hyper-disciplined martial artist, meditation guy. And, and for some years, I tried to, I didn't succeed, but I tried to live a life where every minute was used for something effective. And, and I include, I definitely included meditation. It wasn't just about earthly pursuits, but it was, it was about that there was no time for sitting and watching TV. There was no time for just fucking rolling around in bed and being lazy. I, I had to use every minute perfectly and I failed every day. Every day I failed because I was not able to do, spend every day optimized. And I would find myself at the ends of days thinking back, did, okay, what did I do today? I did that, that was a good use of time. That was, oh, you fucked up there, you jerked off there, or no, you know, you just had a, a, a useless conversation with somebody here, or you were back then scrolling through, looking through a comic book or something when there was no phones, right? So you will fail every day if you're trying to be optimized in every single second. And even if you manage it for some days, are you gonna hold that up for the rest of your life? Maybe. Maybe, unlikely, what kind of person will you become? So it's, it's okay to have release valves, right? It's okay to, and I don't want to say what it's okay to do because for some people having a drink is not okay. For me, I can. For me, having a joint is not okay because it'll lead to more. For some people, you know, having a, a chocolate is going to be fine. For others, it's going to lead to them dying of heart, heart disease years down the track. So you need to be aware of what are, the, what are the things that you are addicted to or what are the things that are destructive for you and try to make them non-destructive ones. Right? Like I, I don't eat much sugar, but basically I, I know that at the end of the evening I have sugar cravings. So I tend to go to a health food store in the early parts of the day and I buy like a raw or a, or a, um, a cake that's not made with fucking awful chemicals. It's got a bit of honey or sugar in it and then the rest of it is like nuts and fruits and stuff. And I just put it in the fridge and that's my snack for late at night when I'm feeling like, ah oh, man, I just want to eat a cake. Oh, there's a healthy cake in there. So that's better than me like... I don't know, going out at 12 at night and going and getting a shitty baklava from the kebab store. Anyway, that's, that's another topic, working out how to, how to optimize your sloth time so it has minimum damage on you. But I'd say this is an important part of life and you, and you need to be aware of it and don't hate yourself for it. Just work out ways that it can be non-destructive and you can fit it into a largely optimized life. So this brings us finally to optimized relaxation, right? So it's not just sloth it's not it's not just going on holidays either right the, the the kind of antidote for modern stress is work your fucking ass off be intensely stressed out and and be proud of that like you know you're working late at nights and you and you and you're living off coffee and uh you know you're just grinding no matter what and you're just destroying yourself in in the pursuit of achievement and then depending on how depending on the country you get to have two is it only two weeks i think in america fuck you america three or four weeks in Australia and more and probably in the Scandinavian countries. Basically, you have some weeks off in the year where you get to go and sit on a beach and drink a margarita out of a coconut. I know you don't have margaritas out of coconuts. What do you have in a coconut? I don't know, some kind of Malibu-inspired Tropicana drink. And you sit there and you sip it and you feel relaxed. That's where you get to relax by being in front of blue-ass water uh, with like a, a Hawaiian chick massaging you whilst you sip on your cocktail, which like kind of seems good for a second, but then you zoom out and you're there all alone. And then what do you do? For two more weeks, you just do that. And then you get back to fucking busting yourself and destroying yourself as a workaholic. It depresses me when I hear people talking about their holidays in the future as like, oh, you know, we are like in seven months time and going, going to Bali. I'm like, so what? Okay, cool, go to Bali in seven months time and have a nice time. 
But in the meantime, is, are, you, are you hating your life and are you that stressed and not enjoying your life that much that you have to wait seven months of grueling uh, horrific experiences before you get one or two or three or four weeks to, to unwind? This is not a good way to live. Now, regardless of what it is you're doing each day, whether you love your job or you hate it, or whether you're moving, to, moving from something you hate until you love, which you should be, or you just, I mean, I like the things that I do. Almost every task that is in my day, I enjoy. Right? What I'm doing right now, this is, I like this. It's cold, but I like ranting. It's, it's a thing that I like to do. And yet still these stresses bounce up in me every day because I'm like, I'm trying to continually build this empire and I've got all this stuff to do and I want to create a utopia in Portugal and I've got people to feed and I've got videos to do. And I've got the five principles of launch coming out on the 17th of March and I need to remember to promote that whilst inside the video, which I'm doing right now. Click the link in the description, put your email in and then you get the free thing and then that'll help, uh, you know, you get free stuff and then you're more likely to buy the product, which is great for me because then I'll have more money, which I can then invest in Portugal, right? So there's all of these things going on all the time. And so you, if you want to have an effectively enjoyable life, you need to have effective relaxation techniques. Don't expect you're going to get to a point where you just chill. You won't. I don't think so. Unlikely. You'll be a person, if you are a person who has ambition and wants to get somewhere in life, There'll be this bounce between, I gotta do stuff and I gotta enjoy right now. I gotta do stuff and I must enjoy right now. I must relax. Not because, it's, not because someone said it's a good idea or, uh, you know, it, or it's a hedonistic thing where you know, it's good to chill. No, it's a survival skill. Because otherwise, stress causes fucking heart disease. Stress, even normal doctors say this all the time, right? That stress is a major cause of chronic diseases and, and leading particularly men to early graves. How often do you hear stories of uh, you know, men retiring and then dropping dead at 65? Or, or how many old women do you know who are there without their husbands because they died 20 years before the woman did? Men do this, especially overachieving men, is they work themselves to early deaths. Right? Now, you can be a productive, ambitious, hardworking man, and you can also be someone who is able to be chill and relax. For me, that, technically, that means self-awareness first and foremost, because you can't really do that without being aware of what's going on. When many clients come to me with the shoulders up like this, they're not thinking, cool, I'm gonna get up in the morning, lift my shoulders up, and I'm aware of that all day. And I'm like, yep, they're, they're up there where they should be. I just hold them up there all day. That's what I do. I spend all day holding shoulders. They don't even know. They're not aware until I come and put my hand and go, whoa, dude, that, you know that the shoulder can sit down here? And then, he, and then he has this sensation of like, oh, okay, that's different. And then he gets up in his head and he forgets again. So the primary skill to, be able, to being able to shift and change anything actually is self-awareness. And that comes through meditation techniques such as Vipassana, such as insight meditation or the martial meditation method, which is my condensation of the various techniques that I've learned over the years. Being able to sweep your attention through your physical form and to be able to feel tensions, physical ones, and to be able to learn to, learn to let them go. So this is, this is the technique that I use often throughout my days. I, I, I do, I lift my shoulders sometimes, or uh, you know, my breathing becomes more shallow and lifts higher up into to my chest, or I find myself holding tension in strange parts of my body. Right? I was sitting in a meeting today and I, the meeting was bore, boring and I wanted to get out of it with, with, a, with, a, with my lawyer and someone else who was speaking Hungarian. I'm like, yeah, with the Hungarian, I want to get out of here. And I found myself twiddling and doing stuff with my fingers that I don't usually do. But I noticed that within seconds, right? It's like, because I started to hold a stress response to deal with the boredom. And as, as soon as I noticed that, the, like the, the physical tension in my hands alerted me 
because I'm good at being aware of myself that, okay, I'm holding tension, I brought my awareness into it, I allowed it to resolve, and then I brought my attention back into my breath, and I thought, well, while I'm here, let's do some four, seven, eight breathing. So then I breathed, breathed in for four, breathed out for seven, and then hold for eight, right? Or box breathing, where you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four, right? Or I just use abdominal breathing, where I'm doing a slow inhale and a slow exhale, push down into my, using my diaphragm and my abdominal muscles, which is the technique that I mostly teach and endorse. And so I turned that next five minutes of boring meeting into a meditation session, where I was like, well, I, I, it would be rude to look at my Instagram here, and I can't understand the language, and I, I can just like daydream and sloth out, or I can be tense and be going thinking, oh, I don't wanna be here, or I can use this as five minutes of thank you everybody in the room for allowing me five minutes of guilt-free breathing meditation, which is what I did. So that meant that when the meeting ended, I was energized, I was focused and I was present and the tensions that I'd been gearing up in the you know, previous time were starting to relax, all right? So I have a whole number of these things that I do multiple times a day. I have a full stretching routine, which can take as long as 20 or 30 minutes if I, if I do everything that I know how to do with stretches and rotations, or I can do a 10 second version of it on my neck, which is literally this, wait for it. And then I do a bit of the old other side. Yeah. And I do that probably five times a day. It takes me 10, 20 seconds to stretch my neck or to roll my shoulders, uh, you know, or to just uh, get loose in my spine or to do a bit of swimming dragon. Even on days when I'm like really rushed and I'm behind like I was today, I still did cumulatively five minutes of stretches today. I didn't have time or I didn't choose to take the time to do the, the complete routine, but I have done elements where that has allowed me to dissolve physical stress. Right? So the key takeaway that I want you to, to take from this video is, firstly, it is not realistic that you will ever reach a point where you are chill all the time, where you, where you are in relaxation. And it's also not really realistic to think that you're gonna reach a point of achievement in your life where you then just get to go and sit on the beach in Thailand. Like, I mean, you can, like from a, a realistic perspective, if you have some kind of business that makes X amount of money or you learn to live remotely, you could go and live in Thailand now. It's not that hard. You just get a ticket to Thailand. You just get a shack by the beach and stay there. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying that will not be the answer to your happiness. I've tried that. I've done, I've gone and like done a month where I'm in literally in Thailand. I'm just like, cool, I'm just going to do nothing. And, and just did that for a few days and then got bored and then was like, well, I want to do stuff with life. And this is not what I, this is, it's not the, like, it's such a uh, ubiquitous fantasy, palm trees, island, sitting there with either your smoothie, if you're the health guy or the cocaine infused Malibu rum coconut cocktail if you're the party guy but whatever it is it's just like the idea that the end point is slothful uh, distraction or just just living in hedonistic kind of exper uh, sensory experience in a place where nothing much happens and I don't know about you guys but for me I want to move move and I want to change and I want to grow and I want to build things in my life so that's not the answer nor is the answer being the 100% the not a second wasted optimizer guy, right? The guy who gets up at exactly the right time, does, does all of the effective things in his life and doesn't waste a single second. That, I think there's very few people who can maintain that or who can even get there at all. And if you, and if you set yourself up for that and you fail, which I did when I tried to do it daily, I failed every day at being perfectly optimized in every second, I felt bad. And then I created internal stress. I created uh, feelings of self, 
sabotage or self-loathing as I was like, you, you know, you lazy motherfucker, you didn't do this. You got to, you, you're wasting time. You, you like it, it was, I was being a bad life coach to myself by negatively uh, chastising myself for not being the perfect robotic human being. So it's not either of those ends. I think what it is, is understanding that throughout any given day, if you are somebody who's moving places and you're actually trying to get stuff done, stresses will activate. The, the environment or your internal thought processes or emotions will activate these things. Your body is going to fire off stress responses. Your emotions are going to get involved. Your thoughts are going to start moving faster. And you need to have techniques and, and uh, ways to check yourself. Not once, not at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, not only when you go to the yoga class three times a week, uh, not only in that two-week holiday to Bali at the end of the year, but moment by moment, right? So for me, it's like, Probably, I don't know if I spend as half the time doing either, but it's like I very commonly get in my head where I'm like, oh shit, I got all this stuff to do and I've got to do this thing. And then as soon as, soon as I notice that, not, not, not always, sometimes I stay there and stress about something for an hour. Uh, let's, let's stressfully move across this street. Nothing, oh, thank you, Governor. Oh, just coming through a couple of rounds. All right, that's all right. I'm not, I'm absolutely not perfect. And there are, and there are times when I just let it all fucking get too much. And I, and I have a whole afternoon of being a stressed out dude, not enjoying being in my body, but more often. And then, and then I check myself eventually. Right. And at some point in the day, I'm like, right, go and have a bath, go and do some meditation, have a bit of a stretch. Don't stop worrying about the things that are on the list because the list is never done. Close the list. Now, now we read a book, right? Active relaxation. Yeah, or sometimes the distraction stuff, if I need to just switch off, which for me, I, about 30 minutes a day, I think is okay to just be like, <laughs> gonna look at your bug. Yeah, it's fine. Be a, be a slovenly, slothful, useless piece of hedonistic shit for 30 minutes a day and, and, and write that into your life as like, it's good for you. Congrat congratulate yourself for, you know, sitting in a bath of hot milk, eating uh, a lamington. But don't do that every day, all day. Just take pieces of time to do that. And then be effective, but be just as effective as at being effective in the world at learning to actually actively relax yourself. Train yourself to chill. It is a lifetime skill that will mean you'll get extra bits of life. You'll be more effective if you're not dead. That's, that's true, right? The, one of the best ways to optimize your life is to not be dead. So if you can squeeze out another five, six, 10 years of life because you didn't have a heart attack at 65, but you had one at 75, that's the, one of the greatest life hacks that I can give you. Stay alive more time to get more shit done. And during that time, try to enjoy it more. Not just in the hedonistic, I'm enjoying it by injecting cocaine into my eyeballs with the vibrating butt plug up my ass whilst I'm also, you know, put running electrical current through my dick like we all do every night. Uh, not just that kind of stuff, but through the enjoyment of breath, through the enjoyment of feeling good inside your body, through the enjoyment of rather than having racing thoughts all the time, having gentle thoughts moving through or maybe even occasionally none. That's also nice as well, right? The enjoyment of being present, not in a, just saying it in some hippie way, well, the power of now, man, yeah, man. It's not that. It is literally, my nose is cold right now. Yeah. I can feel my feet right now. I'm really aware of the fact that I'm a living, breathing human being right now, because this is the best that I can get out of this moment right now. 
walking along this cobblestone street in the cold, talking to you, the best that I can get out of this is to be experiencing it, right? It's not the only thing I want to do in my life. I want to go home and cook a pumpkin soup in a minute. I think that'll be, that'll be better in some levels. It'll feel better, but this is as good as this can be right now. And that's something that you must make a priority because otherwise you just missed half your life. You, weren't, you just weren't really even there. And we know this when we look back on certain periods where we realize that something really good was happening. We had a, a great girlfriend or we had a, a, a great uh, friendship group or we were on a, on a trip and you think back to it and you think, fuck, that was so good, but I, I kind of regret it. I just wasn't, I didn't get, I didn't enjoy that enough. Right? I, didn't, I didn't pay enough respects to that period in my life because I was off being stressed out about something. I was with the best, best lover I ever had or I, was, or I was in this amazing situation and I wasn't really appreciating it. Right? That's, that's a tragedy. That's one of the greatest tragedies of human life is to have missed the best bits of your life. Right? Don't miss them and don't miss the worst bits either. Sometimes the worst bits you need to shut yourself off a bit more often, but those are also full of fucking juice. Right? So if you can experience that as much as possible, at the same time as allowing your mind to run to the future, to get its, you know, to get its fix of like I'm doing stuff, I'm moving, I'm getting things done. Sure, but that's not necessarily the most effective way to get things done. Think about it. Write it on your list, however, whatever list creation system you use. Take steps towards it, but don't keep returning to that all day, thinking about what you have to do all day. Just fucking move towards it and be present whilst you're doing it. All right. I think that's all I wanted to rant about. I, I started with my mother. I said I was going to finish with your mother. I'm not. That's, that's your stuff. You need, you need to deal with that. And I think we can now tick this off my list of things to do today. This is James Marshall signing out from chilly old Budapest. Off to make pumpkin soup. Love you all. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.